0: so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you, and Merry Christmas to all. Friends, I'm going to do something I've never done in my 20 years as a priest and preacher. I'm going to commence a Christmas homily by invoking a rock star. Several weeks ago, I was reading in Rolling Stone magazine, an interview with Bono. He's the lead singer of the group U2, one of the best-known rock groups in the world. And Bono, you know, has emerged as kind of a major player on the world stage, not only as a pop singer, but as a kind of social activist, working especially with problems of third-world debt and poverty. There's a famous picture, by the way, when he met with John Paul II, who was very supportive of Bono's efforts, and the Pope himself put on Bono's distinctive sunglasses, so here's this figure, who is a great pop star, but also an important player, I'd say, on the world stage. In the course of this interview, he talked about his spiritual life. There are a couple of things that really struck me. Here's the first one. They asked about the Bible. He said, oh, the Bible. The Bible sustains me. I thought it was a terrific, succinct description of the importance of the Bible, what it means for us. It sustains me, he said. But then this. The interviewer said, do you believe in God? He said, yes. I think there's a love and a logic that stands behind all things. Nice, I thought. Nice definition. God who, in love and wisdom, creates the whole world. A love and a logic stand behind all things. Then he added this. And the poet in me sees how artistically appropriate it is that that unspeakable power would express itself as a child born in straw poverty. Good words, aren't they? He concluded, that's why I'm a Christian. Good. How artistically appropriate. What a wonderful poetic paradox that this power which creates the whole cosmos would express itself in the weakness and humility of a child born in straw poverty. That power is humble, compassionate love. There's the Christian message. There's the Christmas message. That power, order, God's way, It's expressed in humble, compassionate love. That's it. That's the message. The Bible knows, right from the beginning, that the tragedy of sin is we tend to get this wrong. We tend to miss this great truth. Look, within the first generation of the original sin, we find the first murder, Cain murders Abel, his brother. And then in a beautiful biblical connection, we hear that Cain becomes the founder of cities, the founder of civilization. Wow, what an insight. What the Bible's telling us there is, somehow behind our human conception of order, there's violence. We tend to say... Order and power are a matter of violence, domination, manipulation, control. Cain, the murderer from the beginning, is the founder of cities. And then watch it up and down the Bible. Abraham battling with Lot. Jacob battling with Esau. Joseph battling with his brothers. The Israelites, enslaved by the Egyptians. The Israelites fighting these terrible wars. Israel being conquered by Babylon, carried off into exile. Israel conquered by the Assyrians, conquered by the Greeks, and conquered by the Romans. The Bible is a whole story of this human misconstrual of the truth. The human tendency to say that power and order come from violence. But you know what's really extraordinary in the Scripture? Is that throughout the telling of this story, and boy, they are not naive about it. They let us know the truth here. But throughout the telling of that story, there are these wonderful dreamers who begin to dream of a different way, a different order, a different kingdom. One of these dreamers is the prophet Isaiah, And we hear from him throughout Advent. And we hear from him on Christmas Day. Because this dreamer anticipates the feast day today. Listen. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Walked in darkness, yes, the darkness of hatred and violence and domination. Upon those who dwelt in a land of gloom, a light has shone. A land of gloom. There's the story of human sin the yoke that burdened them, the pole on their shoulder, the rod of the taskmaster, boots tramped in battle, cloaks rolled in blood. There's the story I've been telling. Domination, warfare, violence, tribe against tribe, people against people. It's just the way of the world, the way we do things. But then Isaiah tells us, all of those will be thrown into the fire as he dreams of a new day how will it come this new day listen out these extraordinary words written about 800 years prior to the arrival of Christ listen to isaiah for a child is born to us a son is given us upon his shoulder dominion rests a child Hmm. A child will usher in this new era. A child, a baby, will usher in this new kingdom, this new way of arranging things. Listen to his titles. Wonder Counselor. Wonder Counselor? A child? He say many things about a child, but Counselor isn't one of them. Who seeks counsel from a child? Ah, Isaiah, though, imagines a child from whom we will seek counsel, who will direct us in a new way. God-hero. A child you're calling a hero? I mean, children are many things, but heroic is rarely one of them. Ah, but even more, he's the God-hero. God's way will appear in this child. And then, prince of peace. Every other prince in human history has been a prince of war prince of violence, a prince through domination, a prince through manipulation, a prince of peace. Peaceful people don't become princes. They often become victims. There's this human story. But now Isaiah dreams of this child who will be a prince of peace. Friends, I think it's against this rich and loamy background that we have to read the familiar Christmas story from Luke's Gospel. Luke begins by invoking the most powerful man the world had ever known to that point, Caesar Augustus. All the kings of the world, all the princes from the beginning of history, no one had been more powerful than Caesar Augustus. No one commanded a greater army. No one controlled a bigger empire. Caesar Augustus. And we know from our historians, Caesar Augustus was a typical worldly ruler. Remember how he came to power? in that confusing period after the assassination of Julius Caesar. After a terrible civil war, after all kinds of political machinations and maneuverings, Caesar Augustus emerged as the most powerful figure in the world. Prince of Peace? Hardly. Typical worldly ruler. And then we hear something. This prince, this king, this emperor announces a census of the whole world. And because of that census, these two little figures, Mary and Joseph, make their way from one dusty outpost of the empire to another, from Nazareth to Bethlehem. If you had mentioned either of those two towns to Caesar Augustus, he would have given you a blank stare. Nazareth and Bethlehem, where are they? But in Bethlehem, prompted by this census, there's born a child, in straw poverty, barely a roof over his head, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in the manger, warmed by the breath of the animals. This child is the Prince of Peace. This child is the one that Isaiah dreamed about. This child is in fact the rival to Caesar Augustus, is in fact the rival to all the princely powers of the world who have ruled by domination. Because in this child now, the truth becomes clear. God's power, God's order that makes the whole universe is self-emptying love, is vulnerable Compassionate love. How do we know he's the Prince of Peace? Shepherds were out on the hillsides, and to the shepherds there appeared an angel. I, I talked about an angel last week appearing to Mary. Angels aren't charming, angels aren't romantic, angels aren't cute and controllable, angels are frightening and overwhelming, and the shepherds too are frightened of the angel. Of course they are. He says, Be not afraid. But then this heavenly messenger announces, this child is born, you'll go see him, he's wrapped in swaddling clothes. And then it says, with him there appeared a whole host of angels. The word in Greek is stratia. It means army. It means army. And this eloquent biblical symbol now. Who had the greatest army in the world? Augustus Caesar. The greatest army anyone had ever seen. It was the one superpower. Caesar's army summing up the way of the world. You order things through domination, violence, threats. Ah, but there appeared in the sky an army far greater than anyone Caesar Augustus could imagine. There appeared a stratia, a host of angels and their leader was not caesar augustus their leader was this baby king wrapped in swaddling clothes and born in straw poverty there it is do you want to unleash the power of heaven do you want god's order god's kingdom to be made present here as on earth as in heaven Don't follow Caesar. Follow this king. Friends, here's the extraordinary thing. Isaiah, it turns out, was right. His dream was not just an idle dream. It was a prophecy. It was the seeing of the truth. Oddly, Bono has it right. The love and logic that make the whole universe is best revealed as a baby born in straw poverty. The Prince of Peace has come, and he reverses the logic of the world, which is the logic of sin, and reveals to us the logic of God. Love and power coincide. Merry Christmas, and God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.